Hey everyone, this is Tim Harris. I'm the pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church and this is our weekly podcast. Hope it encourages you. Hope it makes you want to be closer to Jesus and more like him. Hope you enjoy this sermon. And if you want to know more about us, find us online at woodburnbaptist.org. I'm starting a new sermon series today entitled The Best Year Ever. Are you not ready for it? I mean, are you not tired of, of this, the last couple of years we've had? They've just been terrible. 2020 was terrible, and I'm not sure we've come out of the funk of that yet. We're still sort of walking through things numb and trying to figure out if life can be normal again. And uh, Anyway, I'm not worried about trying to get back to the way things were before any of that. I just want to press forward into what God has for us. And I'm telling you, 2023 can be your best year ever. Do you believe it? I'm not just saying that. I really am telling you that 2023 can be your best year ever. That's a choice you get to make. And I want to talk for the next five weeks about just five steps, five simple ways that you can make this your best year ever. Now, you have to understand that in order for this to be your best year ever, you're probably going to have to change. Now, how many of you are out now? It's like, okay, okay, you know, cancel that. You're, if you keep doing what you're doing now, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. You understand? I mean, that, that's just, I don't know how to say it any plainer than that. I mean, something's got to change. You're going to have to make some choices, some deliberate actions on your part in order to allow God to give you the year, the future he has for you. But you can do that. You can make that choice. So today, step one, do this first, okay? And we're going to have your best year ever. Here you go. Write this down. This is what you're going to do first. Submit to God's purpose for your life, period. Submit to God's purpose for your life. When you do that, already God is going to be able to do and work in your, way, in your life in ways that he hasn't been able to work in your life in previous years, and you're about to have your best year ever, but you must submit to God's purpose for your life. With that, Luke chapter 4, let's learn from Jesus. The passage I'm reading, Luke chapter 4, beginning about verse 16 this is Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry. He's something like 30 years old. He has been baptized in the Jordan River by John the baptizer. He has been tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And now he goes back to his hometown synagogue. And they're excited that the young boy who seems to be making something of himself is uh, in the house. So they ask him to come forward and read scripture. Jesus chooses the passage very strategically and in doing so reveals uh, to us the purpose of his life. And if you're a follower of his, spoiler alert, this might have something to do with the purpose of your life. So let's read together Luke chapter 4, starting verse 16. When Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down, and all the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. 
do this first, submit to God's purpose for your life. A newlywed couple from the country got a reservation for the honeymoon suite in a big swanky plush hotel in the city. By the time they got there that night, it was pretty late. They were excited. They got their key card down at the desk and went up to the honeymoon suite. They swiped the card at the door. The green light comes on. They walk through, and there it is, their honeymoon suite. It's their honeymoon, you all. It's their honeymoon. They start looking around the room, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's a sort of a magnificent couch and tables and uh, chairs, lots of chairs, there's a small little bathroom that almost was like a half bathroom, and then they suddenly realize there's something missing here. There's no bed. And it really kind of bugs them because this is like the honeymoon suite, you know, but there's no actual bed. They, they look and they realize that the couch actually folds out. So they fold out the couch and they spend their first night together as a married couple on one of those hideaway mattresses. You ever slept on one of those? It's terrible. But they were too tired and just too sort of worn out to go down and make a fuss. So they spent the night on the hideaway mattress. And the next morning, the poor young new husband walks down to the desk to let them have it. And he does. He just walked down there and says, this is unacceptable. This is so disappointing. This is supposed to be the honeymoon suite. What kind of a honeymoon suite doesn't even have a bed? The manager looked back at him calmly and said, sir, did you open all the doors? Guys, what do you mean? He said, in the suite, did you open all the doors? He went back upstairs, looked in the room. Sure enough, there was a door they did not open. Open that door. It's a suite, y'all. You walk through that door. There was a gigantic bed with satin sheets and rose petals sprinkled across the top. There were chocolates on the pillow. There was a heart-shaped, a heart-shaped tub. Yeah, it, it was kind of magnificent when you open all the doors. What I'd like to suggest to you is that many of us are probably living our lives, and we probably lived our lives for some amount of time, but we haven't really opened all the doors yet. We haven't really ever really found our potential or, or even discovered everything that God has placed in us. We were created by God. It's God who dreamed the dream of your life. It's God who knit you together in your mother's womb. It's God who gives you breath in your lungs every single day. It's God who gives you strength in your bones every single day. And he's got a reason for that. He's got a purpose for you. I know it's the kind of thing that you hear and, and it's the kind of thing you expect a preacher to say, especially on New Year's Day. But I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because I'm a preacher and it's New Year's Day. You need to know that there's a purpose for your life. There's a purpose for our church. I would say that even though I've been pastor for all of these years here, I'm not sure we've opened up all the doors at our church yet. I don't mean like the physical doors. I've been in every door of this church. But I'm saying I think there's potential. I think there are things that God has still hidden inside of us. I think there are purposes, tasks, missions that God has for a church, and we haven't even found those yet. That's what makes every day with Jesus so exciting. Because you have never seen it all, you never can say that the past somehow, you know, describes what's possible in the future. I'm telling you, what's possible in the future, you and I haven't even imagined. That's speaking as a church, but I'm telling you also as a pastor on New Year's Day, that until every single one of us is living up to our full potential in the Lord, 
Our church can never see its full potential. I mean, we are the church. You and I, we are the church. We have to live to full potential. We have to find God's purpose and surrender to it. I know it's New Year's Day. Some of you are making New Year's resolutions. I'm not really a resolutions guy. I make goals all the time. I'm a goals guy. I like to be pushing toward goals, but I don't necessarily start every year with a whole new set of goals. But some of us, we need some goals. We need change. You've been talking about how horrible the last couple of years have been, and they were, and a lot of those things were out of our control. You can't control a pandemic. You can't control the politics of the nation. You can't control the weather. You and I aren't in control of very much, but we are have... And we have a certain amount of control over ourselves. I can't make all the choices, but I get to make the choices that are mine to make. And this is what I'm saying. I'd like you to consider making some new choices about your life in the Lord. I'd like you to uh, choose to surrender to his purposes for your life. So first you've got to, you know, find his purpose for your life. I, I know a, a lot of it, we think of like God's purpose for our life is sort of like when you're in youth group and they're always asking you, what are you going to be when you grow up? And some of you feel like that ship's already sailed, like you're in a career, you got a job, you got a paycheck, you don't see yourself making any big changes. And I'm not saying you should make a big change. Maybe some of you should, but I'm not saying that. It's not like when you're in high school and you're trying to decide what you're going to do with your life. God's purpose for your life is not something you decide. It's something you discover. It's something that God will reveal to you. It's something that when you seek him, when you ask him, he will show you. But it's not something you decide. You discover so let's learn from Jesus and discover something of God's purpose for your life. It's bigger than anything you've imagined, I promise you that. I promise you that. I promise you that uh, when you're really serving the Lord and living to full potential, it's not going to be a life of nothing special. I can promise you that. I can tell you it's not going to be a life of frustration. It's not going to be a life of boredom. It's not going to be a life of misery. I promise you that. It can be a very, very different kind of life. 2020 and 2021 and 2022, those years don't give you any indication what God might do with you in 2023. This could be your best year ever. But you need to find God's purpose, discover God's purpose. So I encourage you to just learn from Jesus. So Jesus steps up at his hometown synagogue to begin his public ministry, and he begins his public ministry with these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, when I look at Jesus' purpose, as a follower of Jesus, I, I'm pretty much going to understand that my purpose can't be all that different from his purpose. If that's what he came to do, and if this is the way he occupied his time, if this is why God sent him, and I'm following him, his spirit is in me, then that tells me that my life is going to, in some ways, look like his life. I'm actually imitating him. So my purpose is going to sound a lot like his purpose. And I'm telling you, Jesus' purpose right from the beginning sounds a whole lot like serving other people. So you want to discover God's purpose for your life? Here's step one. 
Just ask, who am I here to serve? That question, who am I here to serve? Your life is about others. Your purpose has to do with others, other people. You're not here for yourself. You're not here just to, you know, find your truth and express yourself. You're not here to discover yourself. You're not here to, you know, bless the world with yourself. It's not about you. The sooner you get over yourself, the closer you'll be to finding out why God created you in the first place. You have to get over yourself. Now, there's no place in the world that's going to tell you that these days. The world wants you to think that you are everything, that somehow, you know, discovering yourself and expressing yourself. And, and I mean, the world wants you to think that you're the center of everything, that you got your own truth, you can invent your own pronoun. I mean, the world just wants you to think that everything's all about you. And I'm here to tell you, by the power of Jesus and in his authority, none of this is about you. Your life is for others. He created you for others. Get over yourself. Get past yourself. Stop being obsessed with yourself. It's not about you making money. It's not about you doing anything. It's about you living out your God-given purpose. And I promise you, that purpose has to do with others. Who are you here to help? Who are you here to serve? Every day that God gives you breath, it's for somebody else. It's not for you. It's not about you. Jesus, who's the Son of God, Jesus who left heaven, Jesus who is the name above all names, Jesus who is king of the universe, the creator of, of the multiverse, Jesus left all that aside to come down here for the sake of saving us, the sake of saving others. When Jesus talks about his life, he doesn't say, man, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because I'm going to make myself famous. I'm going to make sure the world knows I'm here. No, Jesus the Son of God comes and says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Do you understand Jesus' whole mission was about others? Now, if anybody could have made it about himself, it's Jesus. He's Jesus. But if Jesus' life wasn't for himself, your life isn't for yourself. Ask, who am I here to serve? Who am I here to help? Every single morning when you open your eyes, ask, who can I help today? Who am I here for? It's not about you. Ask, who am I here to serve? And then number two, deliver the message. Jesus understands that his whole life is somehow a message. It's, it's wrapped up in a message that, that he calls good news. The, the word gospel simply means good news. Your life has everything to do with the gospel. The purpose of your life is wrapped up in this message that must be proclaimed because it's good news. It's good news. Now, a lot of times, the way we talk about it, we don't talk about it like it's good news. We act like we're being called to, to share something terrible. You know, we act like we need classes and classes of training to go out and tell people good news. If you got good news, you'll be sharing it. At IGA this morning, I was buying a guy that won $15 on a lottery ticket. I don't know that guy, but he's like, I just won $15. I mean, $15. You know, I don't, I don't know that it changed his life, but he didn't need any training to say, man, it's just, you know, it was good news. He was excited. And it just sort of bubbles out. 
You know, when you really understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you and what Jesus wants to do for the world, it's going to bubble out. It's just going to come out. Your life is about this message, and it's a message of hope. We don't dare do a very good job of sharing the hope, but my goodness, if ever there's a world that needed hope, it's our world. If ever there's a nation that needs to know that the 2023 can be an altogether different kind of year, man, we need to be sharing that message. People need to know that there is a God, and he sent his son Jesus, and because Jesus has come, old things are passed away, new things are springing up. I mean, he's always making something new, always. That's what he does. And he's always making a way out of no way. Like when you thought it couldn't get possibly get any better, Jesus just loves to surprise you with the joy of something new. When you think you're never going to see the light shine again, Jesus just loves to walk you right out of the darkness and into the light. When you think you've heard so much bad news that there can't possibly be good news for you, Jesus just loves to surprise you with something amazing. It's good news. It's hope. And the world needs hope. And the world needs love. And the world needs joy. And all of these things come from Jesus. It's good news. Deliver the message. Spread the word. You understand? Your whole life is given you for the sake of the gospel. God's trying to do one thing in the world, and that's to save the world, to renew the world, to to start over and and, and make all things new. And he's doing that now, and he's doing it through us one person at a time. Your life has a purpose. It has to do with this message. It has to do with others, making sure they know the hope that is in Christ. You're going to ask who am I here to serve. You're going to deliver the message, and then you're going to do the ministry. Pastor him, I thought that's what we paid you for. No. no. Honestly, I struggle with this because I read very clearly in the New Testament that my purpose is to equip you to do the work of the gospel. Like that, it's, just, it's actually pretty clear. The pastors are given to the church in order to equip God's people to do the work. So honestly, you can't pay somebody else to do what you were created to do you got to do the ministry. Ministry's not complicated. It's not necessarily always standing on a stage talking. This is the least part of what I do. As a minister, what I try to do is just meet needs. Ministry happens when needs are met. And, And honestly, everywhere you go, there are needs all around you. Other people have needs all around you. And you're just supposed to make yourself busy meeting their needs, and that's called ministry. Do the ministry. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. I promise you, good news to the poor is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's probably also, you know, money to help with the bills. I mean, good news when you're poor, you know, is food on the table. It's doing the ministry. Somebody proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. These are all people with needs. And Jesus came not just to preach, but also to do the work to make sure that the blind can see, that the captives walk free, that the crippled are able to, you know, walk on good legs. I mean, Jesus met the needs. He did the ministry, and so must you. Your, your purpose. You say, Pastor Tim, I don't, I, that, that all sounds good, but don't you understand? I got I, I to work. I got a full-time job. You do. You do. You have a full-time job. You also have a purpose. 
for being there at your full-time job. And it may have nothing at all to do with your job description. It may have nothing to do with your paycheck. It may have everything to do with the people at work. With the, you're a missionary there. You have a purpose, and it's bigger. Your bosses probably never imagined what God has for you there at that place, so you need to go find what God has for you at that place, where you work, where you go to school. You have a purpose. God's not going to use me. I know why he uses you. You went to seminary. You got a doctorate in New Testament or something. You up there preaching. I can't do any of that. I understand. I understand. God will use you. God knows exactly who you are. God knows what he put in you. He knows where he's put you. God knows how to use you. Let him use you. So, Pastor Tim, you don't know how I struggle. You don't know how I've messed up. I'm telling you, God will use you even though you've messed up big. And I'm not questioning that you messed up big. I know. I only see you on Sunday. I don't know what you did last night. You may have messed up big and think, you know, Pastor Tim, if you actually knew what my life is, you, and I'm just telling you, God will use you even though you messed up big. God will forgive you. God will set you free from your sin. God will set you on a brand new path. God will use you even though you messed up. I mean, just, I mean, just think back through it. Like, wasn't Abraham a liar? I mean, wasn't Jacob the, the deceiver? Wasn't Rahab a prostitute? Wasn't David an adulterer? I mean, do I need to go on and on and on? I, I mean, God will use you even though you messed up big. So, Pastor Tim, I, I don't see myself. You know, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself. I don't, I don't feel gifted. I don't, I don't know. You'd say God put stuff in me. I don't, I don't see anything in me. And I'm telling you, God will use you even though you're unsure of yourself. I've told y'all before, and I know some of you haven't known me long enough to recognize the truth of what I'm saying, but the fact that God has used me in preaching is kind of hilarious. I spent most of my young life saying, God, I will serve you in any way, but I ain't going to preach. And that wasn't me being rebellious. I really thought of all the things that God would use me in doing. It wouldn't be preaching. I've never felt gifted in preaching. It's not easy for me. I have to prepare. I have to prepare a lot. I can't just step up in the pulpit with a passage and three points. That's not how it works for me. I would have a panic attack. I have to prepare, and I have to pray, and I have to step up every single Sunday just saying, Lord, please let your voice be the one that's heard, not, not mine. I'm not doing this because I feel like I'm good at it. I'm not doing it because I feel in any way adequate. I'm doing it because I'm called. I feel like it's what God has called me to do, and I will do whatever God calls me to do. And, and, and I found that in my life, God will always equip you to do whatever it is he's calling you to do. And, and I may not always feel sure, but I will always feel called, and somehow God will work, and God will do the same thing through you. You may never exactly feel sure of yourself, but just put all your confidence in the Lord and step out there anyway. God will use you even though you're unsure of yourself. And God will use it even if other people don't see it in you, you know, because that's the thing. God may be calling you into some purpose, but he's not going to call you loud enough for the whole family to hear. And so your mama is always going to be back there saying, well, do you really think that's, you really think that's a wise choice for you? You know, your daddy's always going to be saying, you know, there's not really going to be a lot of money in that for you. I mean, there's always going to be people who are going to be questioning you, and sometimes they're the people you love the most. 
I mean, sometimes these are your family. These are your friends. And I'm telling you, they're not always going to see what God is showing you. They're not going to hear the voice that calls you to do something that's really hard to explain. Only you just know that this is what God has for you. It's hard to step out when other people don't see it in you. But I'm telling you, sometimes you have to ignore the voices of other people in your life and just follow the voice of God. He will use you if nobody else sees it in you. He will use you if nobody else sees any potential in you. God has a purpose for you. You have to discover it, surrender to it. I'm talking to every single one of you. They didn't really want to make a fuss at night, so the young husband went down the next morning to the desk, you know, down there to the lobby. So listen, this is unacceptable. A honeymoon suite without a bed. And what did the lobby manager say to him? Did you, did you open all the doors? Went back up. All of a sudden, there's a door that somehow had never been opened. Opened that door, and all of a sudden, it's a very different honeymoon suite. I'm suggesting there's a door in your life somewhere. There's some opportunity. There's some gift. that There's some nudge from the Spirit that you've never really acted on. There's a door that you've never really walked through. But I'm telling you, walking through that door is the only way that 2023 or any other year could be your best year ever. You can never have God's best for your life until you surrender to what God has planned for your life. You want 2023 to be your best year ever? I promise you it can be. I promise you it can be. So do this first. Submit to God's purpose for your life. Open up all the doors of your life that he's given you. Find out where he wants to lead you next. You pray with me?